Welcome. I'm Lindsay Bridges from Charlotte Center for Mindfulness, and this is a sharing from our community mindful drop-in group from the week of April 13th, 2020. So I was recently reminded of a story that I first heard years ago from one of my mindfulness teachers up at UMass. And she actually knew the person that um, recounted the story. It's a beautiful story of meeting challenges in a way that disarms the challenge, changes the nature of the situation. It's also interesting to notice how a story can take on a life of its own. The version I heard last week had obviously been passed through many hands and had come out as a sort of watered-down version of this story. So I want to go back to the original, Terry Dobson, um, who told the story, and share his version uh, with the full insight and impact of the story. So Terry Dobson was an American Aikido student who went to Japan to study with a teacher. After three years in Japan of studying, he really found himself starting to become restless with the basic ideas. After three years, he had learned a very high level of martial arts and moves. But the instruction was always that to resort to the need for this kind of action was not needed in true Aikido. His teacher, who was actually the founder of Aikido, taught that the art of Aikido was devoted to peace. Dobson actually quotes his teacher as saying, Aikido is the art of reconciliation. Whoever has the mind to fight has broken his connection with the universe. If you try to dominate other people, you are already defeated. We study how to resolve conflict, not how to start it. Just want to put a note in. I love that line. Whoever has the mind to fight has broken his connection with the universe. That's a powerful line to sit and contemplate um, and consider how it relates to you. Maybe it's more obvious to see when we think of it with others, you know, getting in the argument with a partner, uh, offspring, a friend. Um, but what about when you have in mind to fight with yourself? In what way do you know that that breaks your connection with the universe? So back to Terry Dobson, this basic instruction was really challenging for him. He says, I listened to my teacher's words. I tried hard. I wanted to quit fighting. In my heart of hearts, however, I was dying to be a hero. I wanted a chance, an absolutely legitimate opportunity, whereby I might save the innocent by destroying the guilty. So if we go out into the world looking for a fight, it's kind of inevitable we will find one. Uh, Dobson's opportunity finally came aboard a Japanese train one day 
when a big man, obviously drunk, um, badly disheveled, right down to old vomit caked on the front of his shirt. He got on the train uh, and very aggressive, very violent from the moment he got on the train. He actually went at a young mother with her baby, took a swing at her, and then a swing at another older woman, both of who actually managed to get away um, before he connected. And so for Dobson, he had this immediate reaction of, this is it. He actually writes, he said this to himself as he got to his feet, People were in danger. This guy was drunk and mean and violent. And Dobson had this feeling that if he didn't do something fast, people would get hurt. So he felt like, finally, I have my chance. So he got up. He held onto the commuter strap overhead as he gave the, the big... Um, alcohol or drunk man a look of just disgust and dismissal and he did this because he wanted to get the man's attention on him and he wanted the man as mad as possible so that the man would make the first move and make it as a reactive impulse and therefore easier to defeat So he even uh, blew the man like this insolent kiss, a sneering gesture, uh, which he said hit the man like a slap in the face. So the man yelled at him, all right, I'm going to, um, you're going to get a lesson. And he gathered himself up for this rush at Dobson. The split second before the man moved, someone shouted, hey, Dobson wrote, I remember being hit by the strangely joyous, lilting quality of it. So he wheeled to his left, the drunk man wheeled to his right, and they both stared down at this little Japanese man who had yelled it. Uh, Dobson writes that he was well into his 70s, tiny gentleman, dressed in, in, in traditional clothing, absolutely immaculate, took no notice of Dobson whatsoever, but beamed delightedly at the, at, the, at the big man, as though he was so glad to see him. So the old man said in this very easy way, come here, come here, I want to talk to you. Come talk to me. The, the drunk man wheeled on him, stood over him, yelled at him, talk to you. Why the hell would I talk to you? Did it in a way that he actually spit on the man. Um, and the old man didn't, was totally unfazed, just continued to beam, no fear, no trace of fear, no resentment about him. And he looked at the man and asked him, what have you been drinking? The alcoholic man yelled back, I've been drinking sake, none of your damn business. So then the, the older man said, oh, that's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. You see, I love sake too, 
Every night, me and my wife, she's 76, you know, we warm up a little bottle of sake and we take it out to the garden and we sit on a wooden bench. My grandfather's first student made the bench for him. We watch the sun go down and we look to see how our persimmon tree is doing. My grandfather planted that tree, you know, and we worry about whether it will recover from these ice storms we had last winter. Persimmons do not do well after ice storms, although I must say ours has been doing rather better than expected, especially when you consider the poor quality of the, sto of the soil. Still, most gratifying to watch when we take our sake and go out and enjoy the evening, even when it rains. The drunk man struggled to follow the intricacies of the old man's conversation, Dobson says. His face began to soften, his fists slowly unclenched. Yeah, he said slowly. I love persimmons too. His voice trailed off. Yes, said the old man, and I'm sure you have a wonderful wife. No, said the drunk man. My wife died. He hung his head and very gently began to sway with the motion of the train as he started to sob. I don't have a wife. I don't have a home. I don't have a job. I don't have money. I have nowhere to go. I am so ashamed of myself. Tears rolled down his cheeks in a spasm of pure despair. So Dobson says now it was his turn, standing there in my well-scrubbed, youthful innocent, my make-this-world-safe-for-democracy rightness, righteousness, I suddenly felt dirtier than he was. The train reached Dobson's stop, and as he got off, he, took, he turned his head and for one last look as he heard the old man say, My, my. That's a difficult predicament. Sit down here. Tell me about it. As he looked, the laborer sprawled out like a sack on his seat, his head in the old man's lap. The old man looked down at him with compassion and delight, one hand stroking the filthy matted head. As the train pulled away, Dobson says he sat down on a bench. What I had wanted to do with muscle and meanness had been accomplished with a few kind words. I had seen now Aikido tried in combat, and the very essence of it was love, just as my teacher had said. I would have to practice the art with an entirely different spirit. It would be a long time before I could speak about the resolution of conflict. So I love this story. I love its naming of the Aikido power of kindness. It does matter how we meet others. And that's not to say that kindness has some sort of magical power that always works a sort of Pollyanna attitude not backed by deep wisdom, really has its own risks and pitfalls. So this is a kindness that has the depth of wisdom 
right behind it. And it is to say that living a life in alignment with our values, that's what makes us stronger and more resilient in the face of challenge. So I really invite you to consider this story in terms of your own life. What, where do you know that a powerful, strong, wise heart might guide you better moment to moment in this day than that reactive mind that always wants to pull us back into some sort of fight, flight, freeze? Where do you get triggered? What is the fight, flight, freeze like? What might those situations, how might those situations unfold totally differently from a place of being grounded in your values, in the strength of your heart, in the wisdom of your mind? And really consider this not just for the situations of your day, but for your own practice. Where in your practice do you engage in some sort of fight with yourself? Or does practice kind of become an escape, a running away, um, place of distraction? Any kind of reactivity in practice. What are those moments like for you? And what words might you hear an old caring sage with that depth of wise compassion offer to you that really allows letting go of some fight, a willingness to investigate with compassionate care, whatever's here? What might those words be that allow you to soften, that allow you to open that allow you to meet the moment in a fundamentally different way. So one practice that really helps with this is the RAIN practice. Um, and I'm just going to share um, very briefly this practice. So RAIN, R-A-I-N, the R is for recognize. A, allow or accept and accept. I is investigate. An N can be a natural awareness, um, or it can be this idea of um, nurturing or even noting. Whatever N makes most sense for you is the one to explore. Notice how all of these elements were present in this story. The old man recognized what was going on for the younger man allowed and accepted this situation without any judgment, with a lot of validation. He very gently investigated what was at the root of the pain with this deep, slow, gentle care. In the end, he was noting out loud for the man aspects of his own experience that allowed him to get, in a way that allowed him to get in touch with the grief that existed underneath his rage. This practice can guide us to a place where healing starts to begin. So for this week, I really encourage you to be that wiser, kinder, older sage towards your own self, both in your moment-to-moment -moment daily life and in your practice. Use the skills of RAIN, R-A-I-N, in whatever way that helps you reorient helps you come back in touch with your values, with being in a way that you care about.
that opens new doors and possibilities for you. So the story um, um, by Terry Dobson is uh, from the book Aikido and the New Warrior, edited by Richard Strozzi Heckler. Thank you for spending this time considering this practice in your own life and your own self.